about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. Okay, you ready to go? All right, take your Bibles tonight, go to, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your revelation in the kingdom of God. We thank you for making us part of your work here on the earth, for giving us the power, the anointing, and the name of Jesus to carry out. We just thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our thoughts, in our bodies, in our minds, into every single area of our lives. We thank you for the changes you're making in Jesus' name. And everybody said, All right, Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. Still looking at the kingdom of God. Look at verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. This tells us basically that we were created in Christ Jesus again. It tells us that we are God's workmanship. Say, I'm God's God's workmanship. Now, how many know God don't make junk? So since we're the workmanship, we are something special. Here it says he has ordained us before time, basically, for good works. What are those good works? We found out that basically we are put here to extend the kingdom of God into this earth realm. The earth realm basically was lost. The kingdom was lost when Adam and Eve failed. And Jesus came back and restored to us everything that Adam lost in the fall. And now we have a responsibility in our lives to go ahead and basically extend the kingdom of God through our lives. That means wherever we go or whatever we do, our main focus should be to extend God's kingdom. It shouldn't be like the world to make a bunch of money, have a great house, have a four boats, have this. But basically our priority basically lines us up to receive everything from the kingdom of God. And that priority is to extend the kingdom of God. So wherever you are employed or whatever you do, it's not just a job. It's not just a place to go. It's an opportunity that God has given you to release kingdom aspects of your life into other people's lives. You no need to complain about your wages. We found out that you're worth a lot more than what you're going to get paid anyway. You're not just making money, but you're being trained in that job to assume your rightful place of leadership in this world. Basically, and how does that help? Well, when you get a job, number one, you got to learn to submit to the boss. You have to learn to work well with others. You have to learn how to handle the money that you make. You have to be on time. You have to be on time. I'm sorry. I thought I, I thought I, sorry, I read that once. I'm sorry. And you have to work hard when no one is even looking. And all these qualities are the same in the kingdom of God. Because how many know you're going to have to submit to the boss? You're going to have to work hard because he's always looking. You know, so all these things are just basically a type of shadow of what we're doing with God. So the Bible says we are kings and sons of God. We are in the family of God. And we've been put here basically to navigate between the two kingdoms that we're a part of. We're a part of the natural kingdom, but we're also a part of the kingdom of God. So we have to learn how to navigate between one and the other to stay out of trouble. God wants to open our eyes, basically. The Bible has several prayers that we can see who we are and what we're called to do. The Bible says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. How many of you know that? Have you been blessed with every spiritual blessing? Praise God, then you're not really lacking much of anything, are you? So it comes down to basically a decision each and every one of us make, how far we want to go in the kingdom of God, and we figure that out by how our thought life changes to understand that we're citizens of a kingdom, we're sons of God, and we're in the family of God. And basically our position is a king. 
That's who he made us. We are a king and a priest. As you adjust your thought life to who you are, you'll start to do the works that you were ordained to do before the foundation of the world. All right, go to Luke chapter 17. All right, Luke chapter 17, look at verse 20. And what was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, over here, lo, over there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Notice, the kingdom of God is in us. That's where it is. It's not a takeover of natural cities or natural countries. It's a takeover of human hearts and men's hearts and men's thoughts. Basically, we are rulers in the domain of earth. The Bible says God is in charge of heaven, and he gave mankind authority over the earth realm. So we are the kingdom here. When Jesus came back, he brought the kingdom with him, and the kingdom was actually in him at that time. That's why we see the demonstrations that he did. He healed the sick. He cast out devils. Why is that? Because the kingdom of God had once again arrived, but it did not arrive in an outer place over here or over there. Remember the disciples in Acts chapter 1 before Jesus said basically, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. He knew something was going on. The disciple says, are we now going to get to take back over Rome? and take? Because they thought it was a natural takeover. They didn't understand that this is a spiritual thing that we're involved in here. And Jesus says, no. He says, what I'm telling you is when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. So he's telling them it's not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual thing that you're going to be able to go ahead and advance in your life. So notice the kingdom of God is within me. Say the kingdom of God is within me. And here's something about it. As you read the Bible and the Word of God, which is part of the kingdom of God, it talks about your flesh. It talks about your bones. It talks about everything. So the kingdom of God is not only in you spiritually, but it's in your, your natural. It's in your bones. It's in your muscles. It's in your organs. It's in all that stuff. That's why when we start lining up with the kingdom, if you have organ trouble, you may not have organ trouble anymore because now you're lining up to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God basically in that you're operating in, you were made for that. You see, your liver was made to live in the kingdom of God. Your heart was made to live in the kingdom of God. So as we line up the kingdom of God, things in our body may start to shift. How many of you are glad about that? And as they shift, they line up with the kingdom of God then basically because that's where we were originally. Man was originally brought into that until the fall. So we've been brought back to that. And when we understand the kingdom of God, it can mean health to our bodies. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God's kingdom is in us. We carry his dominion on this planet wherever we go. God's kingdom is manifest in his people, not in a particular place. It's not over there. It's not over here. Wherever we go, the kingdom of God has influence and power to change something around us. God's design is that we were born to dominate earth. We don't just come here, live, work, retire, die, and either go to heaven or hell. You're put here for a purpose. Every minute that you're here, every day that you're here, every position you're put in has something to do with the kingdom of God. Heaven is God's domain. How many know there's not many problems going on in heaven right now? And heaven, basically, that everybody thinks you're going to go to and live with Jesus forever, if you study the Bible, is not true. You were created and you were built for earth for the rulership on earth. If you die, you will go to heaven. That is a temporary, say temporary. temporary. That's a temporary place where you are going to go, but you're going to be returned back here to the earth to rule and reign because God never changes his plan. And you know, that's good news because every plan he's had for our lives that we screwed up, he didn't change it. Isn't that good? 
No matter how many times I messed up, his plan's still there. He doesn't take it away. He doesn't adjust it. He said, well, I'll just wait till they come back in line and find their plan again and start going in the right direction. So that's good, ain't it? That makes you feel a little bit better. Hallelujah. So man's place is on earth, basically, and his place here is to rule forever and ever and ever. Let's just look at that. Uh, go to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel had a lot of wisdom and knowledge revealed to him by the Spirit of God upon him, basically, about the kingdom of God, about how things were going to happen, about the countries and everything else and how it was going to take place. I'll give you a little time. Daniel hides sometimes. He's hard to find. All right, Daniel chapter 7. Look at verse 17. It says, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Look at verse 18. But the saints of the Most High, who's that? Us. Is that everybody born again or just those who are canonized saints sometime after they die? It's each and every one of us, isn't it? But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and they shall possess the kingdom forever, even and how long? Ever. Forever and ever. Praise God. All right, go to verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all powers and dominions shall serve and obey him. Here it tells us again, we're going to be put back in charge of the kingdom, only this time, how many know we're going to do it right? We're going to obey God. So basically it tells you here we are responsible for the kingdom. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 25, it says our inheritance is the kingdom of God. Look at Revelations 5. You know, for a long time, even after I was born again and I was studying the word and everything else, you know, you get questions come up in your mind and sometimes you can answer them, sometimes you can't. But I question my mind, yeah, I want to die, I want to go to heaven and be with Jesus, but what am I going to do up there for eternity? Right. I mean, I know they praise him, but am I going to be praising him now for Eternity, which seems to be a lot of praise. I mean, I don't know, eternity seems like a long time to me. So I had no idea that I was going to be brought back down to earth and be able to rule and reign again throughout eternity. You know, it even gives you a purpose after, because I couldn't find a purpose. Yeah, I want to be with Jesus, that's great. And everyone, I'm going to be sitting up there, you know, at his feet and praising him or whatever. But basically it shows you that the purpose never changes for us. It's still going to be there, and that's what we're going to be doing. Only this time we're going to do it right, praise God. All right, Revelations chapter 5. All right, let's go all the way back to verse 7. And he came, talking about Jesus, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. How many know this is afterward? Are you there? Look at verse 10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign in heaven. No, we shall reign where? So this is after, isn't it? This is after redeemed, after the lamb was slain, after everything took place. It shows you that we are going to have the kingdom. We are going to be in rulership, but we are going to be ruling where? On the earth. So as God's representatives now, we are called basically to enforce the rule 
of the kingdom of heaven here on the earth in the affairs of men in order to enforce God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Now, all you got to do is understand what heaven's like to understand what your job is down here on earth. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there worry in heaven? Is there fear in heaven? Is there poverty in heaven? So none of that is God's will. So our job is to enforce those things into other people's lives and our lives. So we, we, we rule over sickness. We rule over disease. We rule over poverty. We rule over all these things in our life. And by doing that, when we get the rule, then we can help other people. So God's authority is where? It's within you, in your spirit, and in your heart, along with the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom of God on earth through someone by the name of the Holy Spirit, Wherever we go, we take our king with us, and we influence our surroundings. Now, in order to influence your surroundings, you're going to have to be aware of your purpose of influence your surroundings, or you'll never influence your surroundings. Is that right? Uh, I mean, sometimes, let's face it, sometimes we get out of it, don't we? We forget what we're here for. We forget what we're supposed to be doing. We don't do anything. And after about three days, the Holy Ghost comes along and says, what you been doing? And you say, oh, my God, I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. That's really something. Remember the scripture to where the, the man looks in the mirror? Sees what manner of man he was, and then he leaves and forgets all about it. And that happens in our life because we live in a natural world. That's why we have to stay in tune and in touch with the spirit realm in order to remember what our purpose is here, here on the earth, because we want to make an influence every single day in every possible situation. Jesus brought the kingdom with him, with his spirit in us. We are now carriers of the kingdom of God wherever we go all the time, every single day. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 13. Talking about Jesus, who hath past tense delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption or been set free through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So here we can see that God's plan of what man was supposed to do was disrupted, and that was by the fall of man when Adam fell. Adam and Eve yielded to Satan, and they vacated their throne and their dominion and their kingdom here on the earth. He ushered in a counterfeit kingdom, and that kingdom is called the kingdom of what? Darkness. Say darkness. The kingdom of darkness he allowed in here, it says. This kingdom is a constant conflict with the kingdom of God. You know, I was talking to Pat before here. I said, you can almost know what's the truth in this day and age, because whatever the media tells you is the truth, it's the opposite. Well, the kingdom of God is the same way. Whatever this world tells you is the fact is the opposite with the kingdom of God. In other words, people here on the earth think this is success. It's not. God will tell you what success is. God will tell you how to, how to get finances that you need. The world will tell you how to get finances how you need, basically because they want your finances. So notice, it's in conflict with one another. The word darkness in the Bible is a symbol for ignorance. Say ignorance. The word light represents knowledge. So a kingdom of knowledge and a kingdom of ignorance. The kingdom of darkness is the domain where the king rules by ignorance, but not in ignorance. So in other words, the devil rules everybody here, including the saved and the non-saved, simply by ignorance, lack of knowledge in how to operate in the kingdom of God, lack of knowledge about how to do things in your life according to the Bible. So this tells me basically in the kingdom of God, one of the most important things in my life in the kingdom of God is knowledge 
knowledge. Not knowledge of the world's things, but knowledge of the kingdom of God. Knowledge of what God wants. As you gain knowledge of that, you, you all at once get to a place where you can control situations and circumstances come to you by simply obeying what the kingdom of God tells you what to do in that situation rather than what you were taught by somebody who didn't know anything about God. So as you study it, knowledge is the main thing. Not a bunch of money is the main thing. Not a better job is the main thing. Not anything in the natural, but knowledge. Say knowledge. All right, let's just look at that a little bit. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. All right, Proverbs chapter 2. Let's start in verse Start in verse 4. Well, you got to go back to verse 3 because that says knowledge. It says, Yes, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hidden treasure, then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find thee knowledge of who? God. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. This talks about knowledge here. What's it saying about knowledge, basically? First of all, where does knowledge come from? comes from God's mouth. Say God's mouth. Not from the six o'clock news, not from the specialists, not from the world's greatest, not from whatever. The wisdom that you need and the knowledge you need comes from one place. It comes from God's what? God's mouth. So if you're going to learn about the kingdom. And notice, this wisdom that we need is laid up for us. In other words, it's already there. You don't have to pry it out of God. You don't have to pry it out of the Holy Ghost. You just got to seek after it like you would silver and gold. We don't have any problem seeking after finances, do we, and going after them. He says you've got to seek after knowledge more than you seek after those things. Look at chapter 3. Verse 13 says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom. Now, why would somebody be sad? Ain't got no wisdom, do they? Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof of fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are what? Now, this is interesting here. I love the way it compares wisdom and knowledge and understanding to riches. Because the Bible said you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon and money, riches. So where's your attention at? Where's your priority at? What are you going after? What are you going? I found this scripture when I was way in debt. When it was a good time to seek riches. Good time to seek money. And when I read this, I said, all i got to do is go after knowledge. The knowledge of God. And he will show me how to get out of the place that I'm in. And he promised me riches. He promised me length of days. Hallelujah. How many want length of days? Glory to God. So what do we have to do? We have to change our aspect when we get to the kingdom of God. The world wants money. The world wants property. The world wants everything. But the kingdom of God is knowledge. It is understanding. And it comes from where? God's mouth. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 8. This is why the word of God is so important because, you know, what comes out of God's mouth is already written down. People said, I wish I knew what God was saying. Have you opened up your Bible in the last three months? Praise God. People say, well, I got a problem. I need a word from somebody. Yeah, well, open the book and you'll get a word from God. Praise God. I guarantee you be more reliable than prophet so-and-so. You see? All right. 
chapter 8, look at verse 10. It says, receive my instructions and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Say witty inventions. Now, we all know what inventions are, but God will show you witty inventions. What does that mean? God may show you how to build something. God may show you something, how to do something. God may show you how to invent something. God may show you how to handle your finances better. God may show you these things. But are you going to learn that? You're not going to learn it in the world. You're not going to learn it from some financial expert. You're going to learn it from the mouth of God and the wisdom of God. That's where all the knowledge that we need comes from. All right, go to chapter 24. Makes you want to read your Bible, don't it? All right, chapter 24, let's look at verse 3. It says, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all the precious and pleasant riches. So here once again, what's it promising you? If you get your priorities right and you go after wisdom and knowledge, you won't have to worry about money again. If you go after money, you're going to worry about it all the time and not have the wisdom and knowledge to do anything about it. So knowledge is the key, what God has said about situations and circumstances, how to do it. And most of the time when you learn how to do something, you'll no longer worry in that area because you know what to do when that problem comes. Are you following me? It's like for years ago when I used to play golf, I used to spend a lot of time practicing. And basically, you got to a point to where you could put the ball in the sand trap, and you'd have no problem. You'd hit it right out right by the pin, a foot away, because you practiced, and you had the knowledge of how to hold the club, how to hit the ball, how to do everything. You had other people who didn't practice at all. They got in a sand trap, and they were in there for like a week, and the sand was flying, and the ball was still there, and the sand was flying, and the ball was still there. Why is that? Not because I had better clubs. Not because the sand liked me better than it liked them but because I had the wisdom and the knowledge in that situation, that problem I was in, how to get out of that situation, and they didn't. So they're still hacking and sand's flying all over the place, and I'm already done with the thing. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. When you learn how to deal with circumstances and situations that come your way, how many know they're going to? And when they come your way, you'll know how to handle them because you've already got the wisdom and knowledge how to handle that situation in your life, and you'll be able to do it the kingdom way. Say the kingdom way. way. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this talks about the kingdom of darkness. Verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God, little G-O-D, of this world, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, this is telling you why people in the world aren't saved. This tells you why people who are born again are not operating in the things of God because Satan comes to blind their minds. Say minds. Notice he's not coming to blind your eyes. He's coming to blind your mind because that's where your wisdom is. That's where your knowledge comes from. Satan rules by keeping his subjects in ignorance of the existence of God's kingdom 
and the nature of God's kingdom. Satan doesn't want you to know who God is. He doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't want you to know the kingdom of God at all. If he can keep you ignorant, he can keep you in bondage whether you're born again or not. He blinds their minds so they do not understand and receive God's kingdom. He keeps them in the dark, the kingdom of darkness. He fills people's minds with lies, deception, fear. And when you think about it, the mainstream medium is basically being used by the devil right now. It's a demonic thing. Many churches, and I don't put churches down, but some churches basically operate in things that they teach people that are not in line with the word of God, and it keeps people in ignorance. You should be learning something, hopefully, every time you pick up the word of God or sit under somebody who's trying to teach something that you're getting something out of it. That's why you should never get to a place where you know it all. There he goes again, talking about healing. My God, if anybody knows about healing, it's me. I read 14 books on healing, and I know everything. And blah, blah, blah. And two weeks later, you're coming to me for prayer because you're sick. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't know anything. Nobody knows everything, praise God. I'll tell you, the more you learn, the more you figure out you didn't know. So as you study the word and God shows you, what are you doing? You're dispelling darkness off of your mind and off of your understanding and allowing the light to come from the inside of you. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. The knowledge of the Lord is his kingdom. God's kingdom of light brings knowledge of grace. It'll bring you knowledge of forgiveness. It brought you knowledge of salvation. How many of you got saved before you knew that he saved you? Nobody. Knowledge of power. Darkness versus light, ignorance versus knowledge. It's a battle between one kingdom and the other kingdom. You live your life either in darkness of ignorance or the light of knowledge. But the thing is, you will get the results of whichever kingdom you walk in. If you walk in the kingdom of darkness, you will receive from the kingdom of darkness. If you walk in the kingdom of light, you'll start to receive from God's kingdom, and it will take care of the things that you received when you're in the wrong area, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Are you there? All right, look at verse 6. It says, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So you need to walk as children of what? So you need to walk as children who have knowledge, who understand the kingdom of God, who are growing every day to understand how the kingdom of God operates. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, Proving what is pleasing unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather you should reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. In other words, the light that you get will expose the darkness in your life and you can change. Verse 14, wherefore he says, awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you what? Life. 
See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because these days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. So here's one of the major plans of the kingdom of God, basically. It's coming with God's wisdom and knowledge into the earth realm to dispel the darkness. In other words, there's an invasion of knowledge, invasion of the spirit, invasion of wisdom coming in here. It's coming in through us, say through us, and the knowledge and the wisdom we got. I don't even care if you've just got a little bit of knowledge. It can help somebody else. You don't have to know the whole book. You don't have to understand the whole book. But the more you understand, how many know the more answers you'll have for people who are out there? But if you just know how to get saved, how many know when you first got born again, you went up to somebody and you told them how to get saved and they got saved? They said, what about healing? Don't know anything about it. I know how to get saved. What do you know about forgiveness? I just know you've got to be saved. What do you know about God? I know he's good, but you just got to be saved. See, you used your knowledge to do that. Now we sit in church and we get fat. We get the knowledge of health. We get the knowledge of free. We get the knowledge of the We got the knowledge in this place. Woohoo! Look at me. But if you're not using that knowledge, it's worthless knowledge. Right. You've got to use it in your own life and use it in other people's lives. And let me tell you, there is darkness out there. I mean, you know, these are evil times, like it says here. And this was written 2,000 years ago. I think they're probably a little more evil now than they were then. I think it's advanced somewhat. So that darkness is out there. We are just bringing light into people's lives to dispel the darkness that's in their life so that they can come into the kingdom of God and do the same thing. So how does he do this stuff? He uses human beings. Yep. Amen. He uses, well, God's going to do it. Let's just stand back and let God fight our battles for him. He's going to come in and do No, he's not going to come in and do it. He can't come in and do it. That's why you're here. You're here. That's why he gives you knowledge. That's why the Spirit of God wants to teach you and train you and grow you up and get you into a place so you can take your wisdom and knowledge and use it to somebody else. The devil will come along and say, you don't know enough. Yes, you know enough. If you know God is good, that's good enough. Praise God. Most people don't even know that out there. They think everything that happened to him is from God. He killed my dog. He killed my daughter. He beat up my wife. He, no, no. God is good. But we have this knowledge, and this knowledge is what brings light. Have you ever preached the gospel of somebody, not, not really preach it, but just talked it to them, and all at once you could see light bulbs? Yes. I mean, they're standing there, and all at once you can see. They're looking at you like, you're, they're, like they're dumbfounded, but on the inside of you, you can tell in their eyes something's going on in here, and they give you that, you know, that look. Because you finally got by their brain, and got into their spirit, and their brain don't know what to do. It's just going like this, and on the inside, these light bulbs are coming on, and, and it's saying, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's what I need to do, that's what I got, that's what happens, that's what happens. What's happening? That's spirit to spirit. Say spirit to spirit. spirit, to spirit. But that comes from spiritual wisdom, not natural wisdom. So the more we get out of the mouth of God, which is spiritual wisdom, the more we can get to people around us and in us and comfort people and do whatever we have to do in order to make a difference. So we must go out on an all-out attack to free mankind from bondage. How many know that everybody who's not born again is in bondage? You think, how can they be that way? Because they're in bondage. How can they be that stupid? Because they are that stupid. They are ignorant. They don't know anything about God. They don't know anything about heaven. They don't know anything about the kingdom of God. So we're here to help them in those areas by showing them the kingdom of God. We are to take people out of darkness and bring them into God's marvelous light. And once they get in the light, then they get fed, then they grow, then they do things. So we must eliminate ignorance and the deception in people's hearts. And how many know the first deception has to be moved out of our hearts? And we were taught a lot of things. We thought a lot of things that weren't in line with the kingdom of God. But as you spend time in this word, I'll tell you, we got the best teacher in the world. 
people in the Old Testament were begging to have the Spirit of God on the inside of them and didn't get it. But we live in that time and that dispensation right now when we got the best teacher in the world on the inside of us who will teach you, who will train you, who will correct you, who will show you, who will use you, who will rise up on the inside of you. And he's just waiting on a daily basis to do that in each and every one of our lives. So he's going to remove darkness out of the inside of you. And a lot of people, what it's called is revelation. How many of you ever got a revelation? How many when you got the revelation thought you knew it all? You did, didn't you, for a day? My God, did you see that? Oh, my God. I read that zip right out of there. Now I know. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you want to tell everybody? And you tell somebody, and you just go, what's the matter with you? But you're all excited because God showed you something, and you're trying to give it to people that aren't ready or don't know it or whatever, and then you're wondering if you got it because it ain't making any difference. But you thought, man, I've got it all figured out now. Praise God. And then you wait a couple days and find out that you just got a degree, say a degree. How many know a degree is very small? So you got one degree, two degrees, three degrees, but there's a lot of degrees that make up a total degree, praise God. So we get these revelations, and God will keep you coming because those, how many know those are good? I mean, if you read the Bible forever and don't get anything out of it, you're going to get tired of it. But every now and then he gets through to you on the inside and you see something. Boy, then you want to get back in there, don't you? And then the scriptures start coming from the Holy Ghost. Don't you? Oh, that's what that scripture meant. Oh, that's that same in that scripture in Ephesians. Oh, that was over here in Luke. Oh, that was, he puts one with the other with the other. What's he trying to do? Convince you of the revelation you got so darkness doesn't come back in and the enemy comes to Steal. kill and, and how does he do that? Ignorance. Yeah. My people are destroyed not because of lack of faith, not because of lack of power, lack of knowledge. So the devil's trying to keep you blinded to the things basically of the spirit. So knowledge comes to us how? Through the truth of the word of God, which comes out of God's mouth, which is written down here. I mean, look at this book. He's, all this stuff. God said everything in here. And you need to treat it like God speaking. A lot of people read the Bible and they just don't get anything out of it because they don't understand it's God speaking to them. A lot of people read it and understand it's God speaking to their spouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Lord, that's right. She should be doing that. Praise God. You need to tell her. Praise God. Let me read it to her. Let me... No, no. This is God speaking to you. Everything he said in here through Peter, through Paul, through everything was God speaking to me. When he says, be filled with the Holy Ghost, I always put my name in there. He says, Tom, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Instead of saying, you shall cast out devils, Tom, you shall cast out devils. Tom, you shall heal the sick. Tom, you shall pray in tongues. How about this? Not only the works that I did, but greater works. That wasn't written for up here, that was written for us, for me. That was written for me. I expect them to do greater works because who said it? No. Can he lie? No. You think he was kidding? No. Just encouraging me that day? No. no. It was the word of God and it's written to me. Everything in it was written directly to me. If I'd be the only person in the world right now, he'd have wrote this book just for me. Praise God. So I read that book and I start doing what that book says. So Satan's most powerful weapon that he has against everybody is simply something called ignorance. He wants to keep us ignorant. Ignorant of the power you got, you'll never use it. Ignorant of praying in tongues, you'll never pray in tongues. Ignorant of helping anybody else. Ignorant of your purpose. I mean, if you're ignorant of your purpose, you don't care. Are you saved? Yeah, going to heaven, praise God. What are you going to do now? Well, just whatever I want to do. Just going to go around, do whatever. Make a sin, repent, make up for it. No, no, it's not that way. And it's, the, it's a revelation of the word and the knowledge that we get that makes us keep going. Whenever you stop getting knowledge and revelation is when you backslide. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, you backslide. And if you're reading the Word and not getting anything from it, it's either maybe you made a mistake somewhere along the line, or maybe he told you to do something and he's still waiting for you to do that before he tells you the next thing to do. 
I've got that point sometime. I read it and say, hey, it's been two days. I haven't really heard much from you today. Did you do what I told you to do two days ago? Well, I didn't really like that, what you told me to do. <laughs> I didn't really like what you told me to do two days ago. He said, well, you do that. And then the next thing I want to give you is going to be based on you doing that. See, line upon line. But you don't want a line anymore. So he can't put a line on a line because you didn't line anymore. And he can't put a precept on there. So whatever we learn out of here, it's important. Whatever you get a revelation of, you need to do. Write it down. Keep doing it. Keep acting on the word of God. Keep going on the word of God. And you'll progress in that. And you'll get more understanding and more wisdom for it. So here it says basically truth. Say truth. truth. All right, go to John chapter 8. And it's hard to get to a point in your heart where you really want to go after the knowledge of God because most of us think we know how to do everything anyway. Let's face it. That's the way we were raised. We know how to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm saved now, but I know how to do everything. And you don't understand. Until you understand that you need the knowledge of God, you'll never pursue the knowledge of God. When you understand that you need it, then you'll pursue it. And sometimes we've got to get in a bad spot. Right? We got it under control. Everything's gone good, praise God. And then everything starts going bad. And how many, you know, then you want to break the glass and pull out the miracle and start cutting through everything. But you don't need a miracle. You just need knowledge. And if you had the knowledge, you wouldn't need a miracle anyway. Are you listening? All right, John chapter 8. Look at verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. They answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou are free? No, he's trying to tell them how to get free, and they don't even believe they're bound. <laughs> uh, tell you, you start witnessing to people, you're going to find people who don't even think they're bound. How you doing? Sick as a dog. How's your money? In debt. How's your, how's your marriage? Divorced. How's your kids? I don't know where they are, but I'm doing fine. I'm not in any bondage. Why would you be talking to me about truth? I don't know if they, they got used to it. They don't understand that there's something better out there or what the deal is. But here's Jesus speaking. He tells you, if you continue in my word, say continue in my word. Now, notice, in order to be his disciple, not a born-again Christian, not anything else, but to be his disciple, you must continue where? In whose word? His word. Now, that's interesting to me because when he said this, there was no epistle to go to. Is that right? Yeah. It was just Jesus now. The disciples weren't there or anything. So he said, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples. So it's important for me to study the four gospels quite a bit and follow what Jesus said because I want to continue in his word to get his truth in order to live free. So when I went and studied the Gospels, I studied them and I studied Jesus. And what did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is The kingdom of God is. So everything Jesus talked about was the kingdom of So if I continue in his word, which is on the I will be free. Are you listening? See, it makes it specific, but we don't see the specifics. So most churches don't even understand the kingdom, don't talk about the kingdom, don't search out the kingdom. All they search out is faith and how you can get something from God by manipulating him to get something that already belongs to you in the kingdom of God anyway. 
So everybody's out there in religion, everybody's out there in works, everybody's out there in that stuff. You don't have to be in religion or in works, just continue in the word of God and find out that you are a kingdom citizen. The kingdom of God is within me as we found out tonight. Once I enter the kingdom of God, heaven is a byproduct, forgiveness is a byproduct, power is a byproduct, finances are a byproduct. All these things belong to me. You are complete in him. When you got born again, you have everything that you need. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, past tense. We have all these things in the kingdom of God. So how many know that's the truth? And since that's the truth, I am I'm free of sickness. Why? I'm healed. I'm free of sad days. Why? Because I have the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what brings the joy of the Lord. When you take time to set other people free, that's what causes the joy on the inside of you to flow out of the inside of you. That's why people are joyless, because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. When you're advancing the kingdom of God, the joy is in there, and it comes up. You can't have joy when one of your closest people are down and out and sick. There's no joy in that. But boy, when you set them free, guess what? Hello, joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth redeem. Yeah. All at once the bells go off and the songs go off and everything else goes off out of the inside. Of you. Why? That's joy. You can't, you can't walk up to somebody who's down, even if you don't know them and they're depressed and down, and you go up there and you give them a little bit of light that sets them free. What does that do? Joy. Say joy. joy. So the reason why we have a joyous church, basically, is because people are doing what they're supposed to be doing with the knowledge that they're getting in here. We're reaching out. We're doing it. We're touching our neighbors. We're touching our friends. We're touching the people we hang out with. We're touching people online. We're touching people offline. We're touching them all over, but that's what brings joy. So here he says, if you continue in my word. Now the entrance of his word brings light is once again revelation or it's wisdom. It is knowledge and darkness is ignorance. So as I spend time in the word of God, it brings light. What does light do? It dispels darkness. Now this eliminates religion because I no longer have to get rid of my darkness. I just got to get the light. And the darkness has to, God, man, I'll tell you, it's so easy. But we're fighting the darkness. We're fighting sin. We're fi- No, just get the light on it, and the darkness will flee your life. You don't have to fight sin. It's already been defeated. You don't have to fight the devil. He's already been defeated. As a matter of fact, he's got one place in your life, and that's underneath your feet, according to the Bible. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what are we doing? We're getting revelation. We're getting knowledge. We're understanding what's going on, what belongs to us. And as you do that, more light's coming, and your darkness starts to flee out of your life. You do not fight sin. You can't beat it. It's already been beat. It's not up to your efforts. It's up to his efforts of what he's already done for us, and the blood was enough to set every one of us free. So the entrance of his word brings light. So Satan's tactics, they've not changed ever since way back in the garden. Right off the bat, he came up to Eve. He said, well, God said, you won't surely die. Come on, he comes right up and he lies. He tries to take away what little knowledge she had. What's he doing? Trying to take her into some kind of place where she no longer believes the truth. And it's the same way in our lives, you know. You're sitting there and all at once, uh, all at once you have a pain in your arm. And the devil comes along and says, boy, you're getting it now. You're getting sick. And you say, no, no, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. That's what Jesus told me. And the devil comes, well, if you're healed, then you wouldn't have that pain in your shoulder. That's for sure. Because healed people don't have a pain in your shoulder. And you think, my God, maybe that's true. You know, maybe I, in my leg, maybe, maybe you're right. My leg's starting to hurt now too. Maybe it moves it's moving around in my life and it's what's he trying to do talk you out of the truth praise God I'll give you a little indication I don't think I've ever shared this before in my life maybe I have maybe I haven't but when I was reading the scripture about the spirit of him that dwells in you will quicken if you look that up it's make alive heal your mortal body 
Well, when I read that scripture, I said, well, if he's responsible for healing my mortal body, then basically my primary physician is him. Yes. Amen. We all have a primary physician, right? I decided to make it him. Amen. Rather than, I don't even know how our primary physician is, but I know we have one, praise God. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is going to be my primary physician. He's going to be it from now on. Whenever I don't feel good and have to go to the doctor, I'm going to go to my primary Right? And I'm not saying it's bad to have one outside of the Holy Ghost. Please hear me. Don't yeah. tell me. You know, write letters. <laughs> Don't send emails. Don't do any of that stuff. Thank you very much. I've already been through that. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's who you believe and who you trust and who you go in. Do you see? And people come all the time. Well, then I'm just going to quit. No, no, no. You better make sure you're making him your primary physician first. But that's the way we think in the kingdom of God. That's the way we do things in the kingdom of God because we know the truth of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So we got two conflicting pieces of information, don't you? You're going to have this information and that information and this information and that information. The Bible says you have a spirit of praise to get the heaviness off you. Yet if you don't know that, you'll come in here on Sunday morning. 25 minutes, another song. My God, we only do six. We're doing seven this morning. This is, don't they understand I'm so heavy and I need some prayer for God's sake? If you just follow the prescription, if you just have the light of the knowledge of praising the Lord, your spirit of heaviness would jump off of you. You wouldn't have to rebuke it, cast it out, stomp it down, do anything. It would leave you, praise God, and you'd get back in the joy of the Lord and the praise to do it. See? Why? You know how to do that. Hallelujah. So somebody comes up to me and say, I'm really down and out today. Grab them and start jumping them up and down and start singing with them and start getting them going because that's the answer. Do you see? It's not a, oh, the demons are after me. I need 14 people to cast it out of me. Come here. God, just do what the Bible says for a change and watch what happens in your life. And if it doesn't happen, then God's a liar. Then we're going to have a hard time teaching on that, aren't we? That's going to spoil every sermon I ever preached if we get to that point. Yeah, no, that's not in. We know what to do in that situation. So there's going to be conflicting reports. You know that. You live in a natural world, but you live in a spiritual world. You're a spiritual being. You're getting information from both sides. The kingdom of darkness wants to deceive you because it wants to destroy you. It wants to kill, steal, and destroy. It wants to kill your marriage. It wants to kill your family. It wants to kill everything in there. But notice it's all on the information that you got that makes a difference. God's kingdom will bring you light. It brings you life and life more abundantly. abundantly. So you're either going to live in faith of God's word or fear with the devil's word. So God's plan, the kingdom of his son, will undermine and replace the devil's kingdom of darkness God's knowledge is going to override the devil's ignorance day by day, step by step. Now, how many know we're in the process of doing that now, but there's going to come a day when it's going to happen. It's going to be over with the devil and all his stuff, his sickness and everything is going to be thrown in the lake of fire, and that will be the end of it. But until that day, we have a responsibility, don't we? We have to not only navigate through this system that we're in right now, we have to, like it says here, walk in the light as he is in the light. And the Bible says that we are the light of the, well, what's it talking about? It's talking, we don't walk around with this glow on us. I mean, you could, but you're walking around with the light of knowledge of God in you to give to other people around to help bring them out of darkness. Satan hates the word of God, but he has no weapon against it. 
No weapon whatsoever. I love it when he came to Jesus right after, praise God, he got baptized and came at him and, and, you know, jump off the building and turn this into bread. And he just said, it is written. It is written. It is. He didn't get excited, didn't say anything. He just said, here's the light. Bye-bye, darkness. Here's the light. Bye-bye, darkness. Because he knew the word of God and how to respond. So we must devote ourselves to reading and studying and practicing the word of God. The kingdom of darkness gets its power from what you do not know. What you do not know. Only accurate information about God's word and his truth will eliminate darkness in your life. And let me just say this. Natural knowledge is no help. It will not help you. I don't care how much stuff you have behind your name. PhD, BS, MS, degrees, whatever. Those kind of things will not help you when it comes to spiritual things. They, they may help in the natural, but they won't help you. So the people that we look up to in the natural realm who we think are real smart, are actually dumb when it comes to spiritual things. I'm sorry, I'm telling you the truth. It's the truth. It's not that wisdom that needs to be done, praise God. So unless their learning is from God, from the things of God along with that, where they can combine the two in some way and use it, then it will make a difference. But if not, it's not going to help, praise God. So we must grow. We must come into the knowledge of the truth. And by doing that, we will partake of our new position and will bring light to a world that's in darkness even as we sit here tonight. There's darkness. All right, one more. Go to Acts 26. And you'll learn this stuff as you live and as you study the Word and you do things. I mean, especially if you're going to get in ministry, because how many know as soon as you step out in ministry, there's a lot of different areas that you can get hit in. You know, you can get... People write letters, people mad at you, people scream at you, people holler at you, people do this, people do that, people leave, people go to leave, go to other churches, tell you that you're a cult, do all this kind of stuff, it gets back to you, all this kind of stuff. You better be prepared for that kind of stuff. And the Bible tells you to pray for your enemies. How many of you know that as a dumb scripture, if I've ever heard one? Yeah, so what do you got to do when that happens? You're not going to feel like it. You're going to feel like doing a lot of other things, but not that. And what are you going to do? You're going to pray for your enemies, praise God. You're going to be good to those who aren't good to you. You're going to love those who don't love you. Why? Because you've got the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of God always works. And your feelings are going to scream, and your emotions are going to holler. But you're going to do it anyway, because you know what to do, and you're going to go ahead and do it with the knowledge of God, and it will keep light in the situation, praise God. Like I say, it's not always easy, but I'll tell you what, once you do it a couple times, it becomes automatic like anything else. The Bible says you can train yourself. So you train yourself. Somebody gets mad at you and yells at you, immediately you just naturally pray for them. And how many know that wasn't natural the first time? No, but it becomes natural just like anything else. The more you do it, the, the more it seems right for you. All right, go to Act, we're at Acts 26. Look at verse 15. This is a conversion of Paul. Saul, and I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuteth. Jesus says, But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister of a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people, from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. How I many know oh, that's a good scripture there? 
That's our call, isn't it, right there, all the way together. To open people's eyes, we need to turn them from darkness to light. That takes them from the power of Satan under the power of who? God, so they can receive forgiveness, but also they can receive their inheritance. How many know there's a great inheritance? So as we bring them out of darkness into the light, basically, they can start receiving an inheritance then because they're brought into the kingdom of God. This is what we're supposed to do. How are we going to take them out of darkness? The knowledge that we got of the word of God and how to handle situations and how to do things. Basically, the gifts of the Spirit work very well in this. You may get a word of knowledge for somebody. You don't have to stand up in church and give it. You, do it, you can do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. How many of you know that? If you have a word for somebody, you can. if God has you stand up, that's fine. If God has you go to that person, you go to that person and you do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. But it don't have to be done. You can do it any way you want. And if you walk with God, a lot of times you'll do it outside the church. Do you know that? And that keeps you from patting yourself on the back. Yeah. <laughs> see, see everything, every time you pat yourself on the back, you're just really being stupid because everything that you're doing came from God anyway. And it was a gift that you had. Yes, you've learned how to use it. You've got the knowledge of it that God was supposed to get you, but it's God that basically did it. Now, God couldn't have did it without you. How I many you know he's not going to run up to somebody and give him a word? He's going to do it through you. He's going to dispel the darkness through you. So it's you and him. Listen, we're co-laboring together. Do you understand? Somebody says, God will do it all. No, he won't. Man will do it all. No, he won't. Man and God together, co-laboring laboring together to do things together. You know, that's the way God wanted it. You know, it wasn't our, our deal. We didn't say, God, if we're going to take over the earth, we've got to work together. No, this was all God to begin with, working with you, and he wants to work through you. But in order to do that, he has to bring you to the knowledge of the truth so you slowly eliminate things in your life. Notice verse 16, for thee I have a purpose. Say purpose. purpose. How many know you have a purpose? Yes. And that purpose is the same thing. He wants to deliver you from the people and the Gentiles and open the eyes of other people who are there. Now notice, why did Paul or Saul is the one, I always wondered this, that God picked. I mean, he had Peter. He had John, who he deeply loved. He had all these guys. Why didn't they write the whole... Okay, when you get out of the Gospels, I'm just going to say this quick, I can't get into it. But when you're in the Gospels, basically, in the Gospels, there's really no faith much in the Gospels. They believed in him because they saw him. They liked him because he did. They believed in miracles because they saw them. They believed in Jesus because they, they believed he died on the cross because they, but Paul wasn't a part of that. So Paul had to see everything and write everything by Now in the Old Testament, they didn't really live that much by faith, but in the New Testament, it's all about. So he needed somebody from a faith perspective to write the New Testament so we would understand faith because how many know we have to believe? How many of you saw him on the cross? How many ever been to heaven and saw him? No. So we're living by faith also. And Paul, in order to understand everything and do anything, had to receive it by faith. Now, the other people, like I say, I think it would have been tough for them since they'd already experienced him, you know, to tell somebody he's real. Well, of course he's real. You walked with him, you know. So basically, that's why I think he used Saul at that time. He picked somebody out who was basically didn't know anything about God, anything else. And he just had to believe what God was telling him in his word without any evidence of it. Are you following me? And now we're, we're like Paul. We have to believe everything in the without the evidence of it. You see? How will you have signs and wonders if you believe you are a person who's going to operate in signs and wonders because of the power that God gave you, you will see signs and wonders. If you wait to see signs and wonders before you believe, you'll never see signs and wonders because now you're back in the Gospels and in the Old Testament 
rather than the New Testament. So we just believe the word of God. It's as greater work shall we do than even he did. Why is that? Because now, once again, we, he has given us. He's in, I mean, you know, he went up to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. But he's given us the power of attorney down here to do the same things that he did. Why is that? Because the power of attorney can do anything that the person who gives you the power of attorney. Right now, I could go clear out somebody's bank account because I have the power of attorney. How I many know they probably wouldn't like that? <laughs> but how I many know it could be done because I have the power of attorney? It's just like them being here, only they're not here, and I'm taking their place. So you are taking his here in the earth today with the same spirit of God on the inside of you. So we're going to do the same works that, and probably even greater works than, do you see how that works? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the wisdom and knowledge you brought forth. I thank you, Lord, praise God, that these would solidify in our hearts tonight. And Father, we thank you for a new hunger in your word, a new hunger to read your Bible, a new hunger for you to speak to us on a daily basis. We thank you through the power of your Holy Spirit. You continue to teach us, train us, raise us up into our purpose and into your plan for our lives. And we thank you for what you did by your word and your spirit tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We will see you Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. shall be added on.